Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Um, you guys are in for a treat. You're in for a blessing. Um, these guys are a blessing to this house. And uh, guys, come on up. Come up. That cup's filled with the Holy Spirit, by the way. Oh, praise God. That's a good thing. Amen. Ah. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. Praise God. I just want to say... Ooh, hello, church. Hello, church family. It's good to be here with you, Pastor RJ and Mary. We love you. Thank you so much for this privilege and opportunity to speak in the house today. And today we are, we are excited. We are so excited. And we have the great privilege to announce that we once again have an up and running marriage ministry in the house. Praise God. Yeah, give God some glory. Ah, that's an awesome thing. And Pastor Dale and I have the awesome privilege to oversee the the ministry. And we have some amazing team members that serve alongside us. And so if you are a part of the marriage ministry team, would you please stand up? Yeah, you got a great team there. Yes. We love you. We love you. Over here, we have Doug and Diane Weeks, and they uh, teach the pre-marriage class, and uh, they were the ones that held it all together when there was no other marriage uh, ministry going on in the church for the past couple of years. They held it together and held down the fort. We love you. Thank you so much. And over here, we have uh, Cynthia Williams right here in the front. And yes, we love Cynthia. And she teaches the marriage enhancement course that uh, we have in the house. And she not only teaches the course, but she created the curriculum, amen? And it's an amazing curriculum. It's full of the word of God, and she's an amazing teacher. Amen, we appreciate you, Cynthia. And over here, you guys can sit down when I, when I call your name. Thank you so much. Um, we have Beth and Jeff Lamore standing over here. They are the newest members to the marriage ministry team. And yes, 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 yes. And they serve in the better love aspect of the marriage ministry, and they have a heart for marriages. They've got a strong marriage themselves. They're strong in faith and strong in the word. We love you. And next, we have Ross and Cindy Frizzell. They also serve in the Better Love aspect of the marriage ministry. And they, they weren't supposed to be with us today, but I think because of the rain, they are. And they are celebrating their 28th wedding anniversary. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you both. Amen. And thank you, team. We love you all. So um, the name of the ministry is called a threefold cord, and it's based on Ecclesiastes 4.12 that says, though one may be overpowered by another, 
two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. God is that third strand in that cord of three. Amen. And we need him in the center of our marriages to have the strong and healthy marriages that we all want. Amen. And our slogan for the ministry is building strong marriages on a firm foundation. How many of you know the word of God is that foundation? Amen. Amen. So our goal for the ministry is to have readily available Bible-based, somebody say Bible-based, Bible-based help for every aspect of your marriage, wherever you are on your marriage journey. Amen. And we have some wonderful things coming up in the near future. We have the pre-marriage class coming up uh, Sunday, October 2nd in room 118. Amen. And that'll be taught by Doug and Diane. And you can register online for that. Uh, we also have the Marriage Enhancement course coming up starting on October 5th. Uh, that's a Wednesday. That's Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., also in room 118. And there's no registration necessary for that one. Uh, we also have, ha, 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 praise God. Pastor Dale and I and the team, have Matthew and, and a lot of the team, have been working on developing a weekly podcast for you, amen, and devotional, <laughs> yes, and it touches on various marriage topics each week, amen, and uh, just this week, we met with Stephen Chowdy, and he designed a phenomenal webpage for us, and yeah, he did a really, really amazing job, Stephen, we thank you for that. But you can um, go online. I think it's up and running today. You can go online at wcf.ca and click on the marriage link. And then you can find all the details about what we're talking about for the ministry. Amen. And that's also where you're going to be able to find the devotional and the podcast. The devotional um, is in its full form. And the podcast is just three minutes. And we touch on various aspects of that week's uh, podcast. Okay. All right, and last but not least, they've been announcing it already, but we have our very first uh, marriage workshop coming up on September 10th. It's going to be in the Fellowship Hall. Register early uh, because there will be a cutoff. There won't be any registration taking, taken at the door, so register early, and we really hope to see you all there. Amen? All right, so today uh, we have the privilege to bring a message on marriage, and it's called kingdom purpose, kingdom priority. Pastor Dale, you want to start us off with kingdom purpose? Well, good morning. Great to, great to see you all. Uh, she's talking about the marriage workshop coming up. There's a couple of things I want to address with that, and that is the first thing was brought to my attention. Someone single asked if they could uh, attend the marriage workshop. I'm sorry, but you cannot. There will be no spare spouses there. Right? Uh, the, the, second, the second thing that uh, I want to address is, uh, I said, well, what if a uh, common law wanted to show up? I want to thank you that you're honest enough to admit that you know that the marriage isn't right, that the Holy Spirit is already working in you and telling you that, or you would not have asked if you could have come to be a part of it. And I know what is going on there is that uh, 
We all try and find ways around it. You know, God tells us to do something, but we try and find another way in and smooth it all over. So I'm just going to suggest to you, just do right what God's telling you to do. Man, go get the ring. Go to City Hall. Get the license. I'll marry you immediately, and then you can be a part of the marriage ministry. Okay, so today we're talking about kingdom purpose and kingdom priority. So the purpose that God had intended for marriage is godly offspring. As I read Malachi chapter 2, verse 15 out of the New Living Translation, it reads, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. There's three things in this uh, scripture that I want to look at. The one says, didn't the Lord make you one? One flesh. Meaning that we're inseparable in everything we do. In all things, we're inseparable. We're supposed to be one. Like the sheet of paper, if you tore it, you'd have two. But that's the way we're, that's how close we're supposed to be. And then he says, remain loyal to your wife. In Genesis 2.18, God said that he would give Adam a wife who was just right for him. Meaning that she was not going to be lacking or deficient in anything. She's perfect for us. And I know sometimes that's debatable. But we can't debate it because God said it. So we have to accept it and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When she said, Ouch, honey, hallelujah. When she says, honey, can you? You say, yes, dear. Yes, Lord. You said she was perfect for me. She's deficient. She's not deficient. She's perfect in any way. And wives... Your husband is the right man for you. Even, even when you tell him, honey, you can't wear that out of the house today, and he says, I'm wearing it anyways, you say, he is the right man for you, okay? So accepting and going, God put us together to be one, and, we, and he's, he's a phenomenal God. He's perfect. He doesn't do anything wrong. So we have to stop thinking that he's done something wrong when we're not agreeing with our, with our spouses. Amen? But see, the, the greater part of this all is that God created us in his image. I say this all the time. He created us in his image. He didn't create the angels in his image. He didn't create the birds in his image, the fish of the sea. Nothing was created in the image of God but us in his image. And the Bible says that we're being conformed into his image, right? So when Jesus comes for his bride, she's going to look like him. She's going to be right for him. Be lacking in nothing for him with the end result that in the kingdom of God, God's going to be surrounded by those who look like him. Amen? We're all going to be looking at and if you don't like me, well, I'm, I'm one of the family, praise God. And so are you. If I don't like you, too bad. You're one of the family. God says, this is my child, all right? So family is the end result or culmination of his plan. 
And from this we can see how easy it is that, that Satan would want to and continually tries to undermine God's purpose for the family. His attack began in the garden. When he had Adam and Eve fall, he was trying to taint that line, that godly seed, and, and put a mark on God because God's perfect. So if you get something in there to stop the perfection of God, then God's no longer perfect. So he started in the garden to try to, to destroy God's work. And later to the killing of the firstborn male. Because if the, if the male, because the life is in the seed, as Pastor Larry taught here a couple of weeks ago, the life is in the seed. And if the, the male is not there for, to further the seed, then the family line dies. And it no longer continues. It ends. And also in today's society, we have the redefining of marriage and sexuality. See, Satan will do anything to try and taint or try to destroy God's purpose and God's plan. Amen? But all his efforts still do not negate the fact that God will have his family. He definitely will. Father God created us male and female because it's naturally impossible for two males or, or two females to produce children. This is and has always been God's plan male and female, man and woman, to have children through marriage. Right? And marriage belongs to God, the creator, the lawgiver, who is sovereign. Therefore, he and he alone gets the last say on what marriage should be. You know, it's, it's like a patent. It, like, I couldn't take an iPhone and go and produce another iPhone and say it was mine because... There's laws there where that would be broken and I'd end up in court or in jail or whatever the case may be. Well, that's the same thing with God. Man wants to go and change the definition of marriage, but they can't because marriage belongs to God. And he is the one who set the patent for it. And when we finally end up and we're all going to pass on and the Bible says we all got to stand before him and you're going to come before God and say, well, you know, I just wanted to do it my way. And, and, you know, you're a good God, and you're just... He says, no, you're wrong. And there's, there's consequences. Sin has consequences. And if we think that marriage doesn't belong to God, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 6. Jesus said, since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Even though we may do the ceremony, and I do this, perform the ceremony, and you say, well, it's our marriage. No, it says what God has joined together. It was a covenant relationship, and God is a God of covenant, which means that he doesn't break it. Covenants aren't, aren't made to be broken. They're made to be honored. God sees it the same way. And regardless of, of what how man wants to change the definition of marriage and change the definition of sexuality that, that now you don't even have to register on your birth certificate when a child's born, whether they're male or female, they could be whatever. It does not matter because when we come before an almighty, holy God, you're, he's still going to say, you're a boy, you're a man, you're a woman, you're not an it, That's right. right? Amen. And then so then... So then we cannot, we cannot, that is not our responsibility if we truly believe that we live 
and were created by a sovereign, almighty God. Amen? It doesn't, it, it cannot work. But God desires holy children. And, and he has much to say about sex and has placed safeguards within the word of God, God to protect his purpose of marriage. Right? In 1 Corinthians 6.18, he teaches that sex outside of the bonds of marriage is sin against our bodies. Right? But before that, in verse uh, 6, of that same chapter, he tells us that, uh, that if we have sexual relationships with an unbeliever, it says prostitute, this is just my paraphrase here, with an unbeliever, that in that, we actually, he says, don't the two become one, right? Meaning that every time we have sex with someone, a part of you and a part of them intermingle. Right? You, became, you become one. So then you're now you're tainting the line of God if there's say pregnancy happens or not. You, you taint that line. God wants a holy seed. Right? So, but we do it our way and we, then in actual fact is what we're saying to God is lump it or leave it. This is the way I want to do it. But you know what that is? That's the sin of rebellion. That is the sin of rebellion. But we Christians, we choose to do it God's way, knowing that there's a blessing in it. Amen. And we have children. We know sometimes we, we debate that too, whether that was a, a, a blessing. When our children and our, through our parents, I know my parents did when I was growing up and turned, I don't know, 15, 16, I knew it all and, and I couldn't be told anything and you know, and we go through that, and you're arguing with your children all the time. Well, I want you to do it. No, I don't want. To. No, you don't. You're good. You know, you you all know how it goes. You've been there, right? But if we choose to do it God's way, He'll bless us. And then, and He made us opposites, and that's why I say God is so amazing. He made us. He made us opposites, so that opposites would attract. And some have been disappointed in getting married, thinking that it's going to be happily ever after and there'll be no problems and it's all bliss. And, you know, the honeymoon and the starry-eyed, gooey stuff and, and loving one another and kid good. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, the problem comes. And some think, oh, no, marriage is all over. But listen, that's only biblical. 1 Corinthians 7 18 tells us that Paul says that there's going to be trouble in marriage. Right? There's going to be trouble. So don't, don't, go, don't be thrown for a loop because of something happens. Like Kelly and I, we've been together 25 years, and, and you know, we've, we've, we've had some arguments. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to say heated discussions because, no, they were flat-out arguments. And sometimes, <laughs> she, not, baby. sometimes she, did not, she didn't like me at all, and I particularly did not like her. But you know what? There was no reason... To throw the baby out with the bath, you know, because God ordained this. So we're going we're gonna to get through it because we belong to God first. We're children of God, so we're going to do things God's way. Amen. Amen. And because we're uniquely different, you're going to have things you don't see eye to eye about. But there's a way to get in. We bring baggage into marriage, all this stuff. But with all this being said, the kingdom purpose for marriage is to live for God in everything we do. 
in everything. He's our Father who has chosen for us, who look like Him, to be with Him throughout eternity. He has entrusted to us this sacred blessing and responsibility with the intent that the children will carry on the legacy and it will continue to Jesus' return. And even in this, our adversary has made inroads. In that, so much so that some of us sitting here today, we've had uh, children who have left the faith and they've even renounced, renounced their faith, you know. But we have to remember the promise of God that says, train up a child in the way that he grow, should go, and when he grows old, he'll not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Correct? So we stand upon that promise because God's law, God's word is law, and, and it's a spiritual law, and spiritual laws cannot be broken. We would love our children to come back to God immediately. And the shame that we feel and the, and the hurt that we feel because we think that we, we failed somewhere, we have not failed because we're each individual. And devil's got his ways of, of making, that, making the world look good. And, and I'm sure we all got testimonies of how it makes it look so good to us. And they're out there doing their thing. But if we trust in the name of the Lord, we trust in our God who is sovereign and his promises, then what the devil means for evil, God can turn it to good. Amen? So believe his report, and let's live out the purpose of marriage with the aid of the Holy Spirit to the best of our ability. Amen? Amen. Come on, wife. Amen. All right, well, we've heard about the purpose (laughs) for marriage, and now... We're going to talk about priority in marriage, amen? So the definition for the word priority states, precedence, especially established by order of importance or urgency, the right to precede others in order, rank, or privilege. Whoop, whoop. If you are here with your spouse today, look at them and say, Put me first. <laughs> Put me first. Praise God. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> but come on, we're going to read some scripture now that's going to say this is what God said to do. Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Amen? Leave, leave your father and mother. The very first mention that God makes in scripture in relation to marriage is the need to reprioritize our lives, amen? Before we got married, we're with mom and dad and what they said goes, right? Well, in my house, remember that? In my house, you're gonna do things my way, right? (laughs) You in my house. (laughs) No, don't wait till the morning to take out that trash. You take that out now. (laughs) somebody knows what I'm talking about. No, don't sit down in front of that TV until them dishes are done, right? (laughs) Yeah, right? So that was the natural order of things before we got married. It's mom and dad, their rules, their way, right? And I know now that some of us are, some are waiting longer to get married. And uh, so then we're establishing homes of our own before we get married. 
and then we establish, come on, some priorities and, of, and ways of doing things our own way, right, before we get married, but that can cause some problems too. But when we get married, come on, a new household is established, right? So God's telling us that the only way that marriage works is by reestablishing a new order in our lives, and that order must make our spouse the first priority, right? So when we began dating, was no problem, right? We wanted to spend every available minute together, right? Couldn't wait to get off work, see each other. You, you changed your schedule to be with this person. You cut some things out of your schedule to be with this person. Come on, right? Whatever, whatever you could do to be together. I know <laughs> with Pastor Dale and I, our very first... <laughs> I couldn't wait to be with him. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, he worked just afternoons then, and I remember our very first phone conversation. We stayed on the phone for three hours just talking. And it was like, it was late, it was in the evening, and I don't know if it was 12, 1 o'clock, whatever. I didn't care. We didn't care because it was Dale, you know? I, I, it's you. I don't care if I'm tired in the morning. Hey, what are you doing back there? The point of the matter is I didn't care because I wanted to be with him. He didn't care that he had to go to work the next day. Actually, he was in seminary. He had to go to school the next day, but he was talking to me that night. But that's all right. Here we are. Praise God. The whole point of the matter is when we're dating, making each other a priority is not a problem. We do it willingly, freely, right? Yes. Right? We tell our friends, hey, buddy, sorry, dude, not, I ain't playing no basketball this this weekend, come on. Oh, sorry, girls, oh, not, not tonight, I, I'm going on a date, right? Very happily say it, but come on, what happens after we get married, right? Other things, other people, other places, other plans start to take priority over the time that we spend with our spouses, right? Come on, our job comes first. Our kids come first, come on. And dare I say, even our ministries come first sometimes, come on. Right? So what does it begin to look like? You know, in actual natural terms from dating and then getting married, what do we, what do we start doing? We start saying things like, well, I know he don't like meatloaf, but I do. <laughs> so I'm making it anyway. <laughs> right? We say things like, okay, I know she doesn't like action movies, uh, but, uh, oh, this is here? Oh, it's only going to be here for two weeks? We're going on vacation next week? I'm buying the tickets for this, right? Or I know he said he wanted to watch the game Sunday after church, but I'm going to invite our friends over for dinner anyway, right? We might get away with that here or there. Come on. Once or twice, a little bit. But over time, if we're doing it consistently, you know, different circumstance, different situation, different contacts, come on, over time, it begins to sound the same. And it sounds like this. I don't care about what you want anymore. I don't care about how you feel anymore. I don't care about you anymore. Come on. It may not be what we're saying with our actual words, but that's what their hearts are hearing. Come on. I was watching a movie about uh, the first black 
woman millionaire, and she started a hair care company. And uh, she was in a good marriage when it started out, and um, her, her husband loved her, a good thing. And when she started out, he really, actually, he was supporting her, very supportive of her, helped her in the, in the uh, business and everything. And, um, you know, dinner was on the table. They still, you know, enjoyed a good marriage. But then over time, things started coming up. And it was like, okay, well, baby, this meeting is important. I, I have to be there. And then, you know, it started to be, well, I'm tired. I I'm not making dinner tonight. And then it wasn't just that night, but it was continuing, ongoing, and here and there, and more and more. And then it was like, okay, well, we just started the next, we we're starting the next line next month, and so I have to be out of town, baby. I, I got to go for a couple of weeks. And he's like, whoa, come on, somebody tell me what happened. How do we know what happened without seeing the movie? Because anything that we put in place of our spouse, in place of priority, is going to bring damage to the marriage, Amen. And unfortunately, she ended up losing her husband to another woman. Now, let me preface this and say, was it her fault that he cheated on her? No, no we are responsible for our own behavior. Come on. Come on, regardless of what she did, he was responsible for his own behavior. But come on, somebody, can we open up the door for the devil to come in? Come on, that's right. I love this book. If you are looking for a book on marriage... I highly recommend this one. It is called The Four Laws of Love by Jimmy Evans, and I, I just want to read a little tiny excerpt out of it, and you'll see why. They sell it in the bookstore, and if they don't have it in, they are willing to order it in for you. So he says, God designed marriage to operate as the most important human relationship in our lives. It is only second in priority to our relationship with him. If we put marriage in any position of priority other than the one God has instituted, it will not work. If you examine any problem that may exist in your own marriage or those of those around you, it won't take long to see that many of those issues are the result of misplaced priorities. Mm. And it's true. It really boils down to priorities. How are we treating each other? Are we making one another a priority anymore? In order for marriage to work, we have to give our spouse first place, first priority, amen? We can't just, you know, put our marriage and our spouses on the back burner and expect it to be happy, amen? We beg God for a mate, come on, and then after we get him, what do we do? We put other people, other things, careers, you know, in front of our spouse. And then when they start, when it all starts falling apart, we want to pick up, ditch that one and start over with another one. Come on. Hmm. God gave us all things richly to enjoy. And as Pastor Dale was saying, he says all he wants is a godly Godly offspring. That's what he wants. We, we, we beg God for this spouse. I know for myself, I lost a couple of friends over it when I was waiting on Pastor Dale. When God went, when are you going to send me respecting you? Yeah, right. But we do. We beg God. I know I beg God. But he gave me a blessing, right? I'm so happy. But we uh. beg God to get married. We want this blessing so much. 
goes back to his purpose, right? We want this. He gives it. All he wants, all he's asking out of this huge blessing that we get, that his marriage is godly seed, to build his house, to build his kingdom. That's all he's asking for. But we keep throwing our marriages away and trying to start up and do something new. Malachi 2, 13 through 16 says, And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. There's covenant again, not to be broken. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit, and let no one deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. We really have to begin to see the importance of marriage and the importance and value that God places on our marriages. Pastor Dale said it, our marriage is not our marriage. It's his. It's his. It's him that joined us together. And he said, what God has joined together, let not man separate, not you or me or us or we, not us, ourselves, separate. Marriage is important to God. It ties into his purpose, his plan for his kingdom. Come on. And we can have the marriages that we all want, right? And if we make our spouses and our marriages the priority, come on, we can also at the same time be making God and his purposes, right, the priority in our lives. Amen? We hear it all the time from this pulpit right here. WCF, you've been equipped, go and be the church. Well, come on now. Let's go home. Let's begin to build the church of God beginning at home, right in our own home. Come on and rebuild our marriages and build our marriages, amen? Because they're important to God, amen? Praise God. Yeah, come on. Right. You see that? You see how she did that? Oh! <laughs> We're one. We got it down now, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. <clears throat> now, the Holy Spirit's placed on my heart for uh, the married couples. Would you please stand? All married couples, would you stand? Thank you. Thank you. If you're here with your spouse, I want you to take them by the hand. You can. Doesn't that feel good? Some of you haven't held your hand or your spouse in a long time. Feel the electricity there? But now I want, you to, I want you to repeat after me. Look at your spouse and just repeat after me. Okay? I am sorry. I am sorry. For the condition of my heart. For the condition of my heart. And the attitude that I have had. And the attitude that I have had. Towards you. Towards you. Thinking, thinking that someone 
else thinking that someone else was better for me was better for me than you than you i am sorry i am sorry for not making you for not making you the priority the priority in my life in my life okay now look towards heaven mm. and say father god father god forgive us forgive us for not placing for not placing each other as priority, as priority, and for not having you, and for not having you, as the priority, as the priority in our lives, in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you take your communion, and the rest of you may stand with us now. Thank you. As we have the bread in our hand. When Jesus sat with his disciples in the Last Supper, he took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Each time you do this, then take this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. Thank you, Lord, for the cup. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for instituting marriage and the good gift that it is. Thank you, Lord, that you see us in our flaws and still love us. Help us, Lord, to see the flaws in each other and continue to love each other. Lord, help us to forgive each other daily, daily, willingly. And as we partake of the cup today, Lord, as we have confessed our faults to one another, please cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us partake. Praise God. Go ahead, Sharon, close us out. You stay in him, and it covers a multitude of sins. We are impossible to offend because we have thick skin. We have the power of the word of God to protect us. And words are spiritual. God started this whole thing with light B, and it's still doing it. Speak words of life, not death. And he will assign his angels to bring it to pass. So you have your homework assignment, WCF, go and be the church. <laughs>